from analog. Hi, Jim. You've uh, created signal up here. You're five nine plus. Digital. We are everywhere you want to be. This is the CQ Line Pam's podcast. This is Steve Dresser, WA1RTB, and the purpose of this file is to describe the Kenwood TMV-71A, give you the full layout of it, both uh, controls and jacks and things on the rear panel. Place the radio on the table with the buttons along the bottom and the display at the top, and that will be the orientation that we'll use while discussing the radio. The radio has three knobs on it. One on the left-hand side, which is a round, knurled knob, and that is the tuning control. And when pressed, it has other functions depending on what else you've pressed before you press the tuning control. And I'll discuss those as we go. On the right-hand side of the radio, near the bottom, there is there are two other knobs, each of which is a small knob with a slightly larger knob on the outside of it. These are the volume and squelch controls for the A and B band, the left one being the A band, the right one being the B band. The inner knob on each control is the volume control, and the outer one is the squelch. When you press either of the knobs, you select the particular band that you want. This is the simplest way to select a band on, on this radio. It's a, it has two complete transceivers in it, and uh, this is the simplest way to select them. There is also another function called the control function, which I won't go into here because it's a little bit beyond the scope of this, and it's something you can read about somewhat in the manual if you're, if you're really interested in it. But if you use that function, it allows you to tune the opposite receiver, opposite transceiver from the one that you're actually transmitting on. But that's kind of a more complicated aspect of the radio that uh, will probably be interesting only once you've managed to figure out a whole bunch of other things. Above the tuning knob on the left-hand side, there are two other small rectangular buttons, each one with a little dot near the left-hand side of it. The one closest to the tuning knob is the memory control, and when you press it, MR. that's what it says. If you press and hold the memory knob, you, do a mem you begin doing a memory scan, and depending on what scan mode you have set up will determine how the radio behaves in that scan mode. The next knob above that is the VFO knob, and you press it, and it says VFO. If you press and hold the VFO button, you will do a VFO scan, and that also behaves differently depending on what you have set into your high and low memories and things like that. So again, we're not going to worry about that too much. It's, this is just basically to give you a rundown of the controls. Next to the memory and VFO knobs, to the right of them, is the display, and to the right of the display are two more knobs, rectangular buttons actually, with dots on the right-hand edge of them, which I guess they did for symmetry. I can't think of any other useful reason why they would have done that, but that's what they did. The top one is the power switch. You press it once, 
and it turns the radio off. You press it again, eight, and it turns one, the radio five, on. Three point eight two five medium power PM off. And the power button can be used in conjunction with various other buttons to do things like clear memories and that sort of thing, and you can read about that in the manual. Below the power button is the programmable memory button, and this button allows you to select one of five different configurations for the radio. And the advantage of doing this is that you can switch between configurations without having to change multiple menu settings and power settings and frequencies and other things. Uh, and you can do all this at the touch of a button, and that's what the programmable memory button actually does. Now, to the area between the tuning control and the two band selection knobs, there are several buttons here, seven of them actually, to be exact. The first button, immediately to the right of the tuning knob, is the call button, and that's a toggle. Call. And now you're set to the call frequency, and... VFO. Now, in this case, it happened to say VFO when I pushed it again, uh, and the reason that it did that was because I happened to be in the VFO mode. If I had been in memory mode, it would have switched between the call frequency and memory. And if you hold, if you press and hold the call button, you will scan between the two call frequencies that you have. You're allowed one call frequency for each of the bands, one for two meters, one for 440, and you'll simply scan between them. The next button is the function button. And when you press it, like almost every other button on this radio, it says something. Function. And if I press it again, it turns the function off. So if you thought you wanted to do something using a function button and you decided you make a mistake, you simply press it twice. If you press and hold the function button. Function. Lock on. You have now locked all the other keys on the radio. And this means that if you press a key, it just goes and the only key that does not obviously beep is the function key because you have to be able to turn it off and the power control, which still works the way it did. So I'll press and hold the function key again. Function. Lock off. And it turns the lock off. If you press and hold the function key followed by the call, depending on what mode you're in, it will do one of two things. If you're in VFO mode, it will write the contents of the VFO to the call channel. And if you're in call mode, it will write the contents of the call channel to the VFO. The third button in selects the mode of encoding that you're going to use with the radio, whether you're going to use none, PL tones, CTSS, or DCS. And it's a toggle, of course, and this is what happens. When it, the low beep means it's off. PL, CTCSS, DCS, and off. And if you forget what mode you're in, all you have to do to find out is press function and then press that button, and you'll see exactly what mode. So, for instance, right now we have it off. We press function. Function. And it beeped because you can't do anything when you can't do anything with this particular operation when the decoding mode the when the encode and decode is off. So we'll press the encode decode once. And now we'll press function. Function. Tone. Frequency. 
146.2. And now, whenever I turn the tuning knob, Tone frequency 141.3. Tone frequency 136.5. I can move up and down through the PL frequencies and set the PL tone for what I want. Now I'll press the tone again, and that long beep means that it stored that frequency in the VFO. If you press the function key and then press and hold the mode button, it will begin scanning for a PL tone or scanning for CTCSS or scanning for DCS, and all of that depends on how many times you've pressed that button before you do this double operation of function plus pressing and holding the mode button. So if you didn't if you didn't want to do tones, say you wanted to do CTSS, I would press the mode button again, then I'd press the function. Function. And CTCSF frequency 107.2. And see again you can do the same thing. So you always know essentially what mode the radio is in because you get feedback from the voice. I'll press the function key to cancel this and it stops. Next to the PL slash CTCSS slash DCS button is the reverse button. Now it's in reverse mode, now it's in normal mode. If you press and hold the reverse button, it will turn on a mode that checks the input frequency of a repeater and sees if there's activity on there and if there is, it will alert you with a beep and that tells you that if you want to you can switch to direct and communicate with the person you're talking to. If you press the function, function. and then press the reverse function. function you are now changing what the default frequency mode is and if you do that and get a low beep you're in simplex you do it again and get a high beep, you are in frequency shift plus, and if you do it again, you're in frequency shift minus. And you can tell what mode you're in by using the reverse key. So, for instance, I'll press 146.790. Okay, we are on the frequency of 146.79. And if we press reverse and then press the voice key. 146.190. We know that we're in frequency shift minus mode. Press the reverse again. 146.790. Okay, we've gone back to 146.79. Press the function, function and the reverse. We hear a low beep. Now we press the reverse button again. And, pre and read the voice. 146.790. We know we're in simplex because reverse and normal. 146.790. Give us the same reading. Press the function and the reverse again. Function. We get a high beep. Now when we press reverse. 147.390. We know that the frequency shift is plus because, of course, the numbers are higher. Press it again. Function. And we're now back in frequency shift minus. And this is usually taken care of by the automatic offset function 
on the radio. So all you have to do is key in the frequency that you want to go to and the normal or default, <clears throat> let's call it normal, uh, frequency shift will be selected. Automatic offset can be turned off in the menus, but I don't recommend that you do it. Now, to the right of the reverse button is the transmit power. TX power low. TX power high. TX power medium. And if you press the function key, followed by the power button, you turn receiver mute on. Function. And now we turned off receiver mute. And what that does is, when it's on, if you're working on the A band but monitoring something on the B band, and a call comes in on the A band, it will lower the volume on the B band so that you won't be distracted by it. Also, if you're transmitting on the A band, it will lower the volume on the B band. That can be very good if you're actually in a QSO and you don't want to be distracted by things you're monitoring. But if you're just listening, and particularly if you're listening and you have two speakers connected to the radio, you often don't need to mute anything because the fact that it's coming out of the opposite speaker will tell you uh, that it's not anything you care about. By the way, one, if you have two speakers, this is a very handy thing. Um, the voice will come out of whichever speaker you have selected the band on. So, for instance, on my radio right now, the right-hand speaker, if I hear s stuff coming from the right-hand speaker, I know that I've selected the B band. If it comes from the left speaker, I've selected the A band. Next to the transmit power button, we have two programmable function keys. And depending on what you've set them up to be, they can be used for all sorts of different things. As the radio comes out of the box, the PF1 key is set to be the frequency band, and the PF2 key is set to be the control function. I reprogrammed those two keys so that for my radio, the PF1 key is the group up band, which is useful when you have a lot of memories programmed into the radio because it allows you to jump from wherever you, whichever memory you're on to the beginning of a group of memories. The PF2 key is programmed to the control, which I touched on earlier, and I have that program for the voice button because I like to be able to uh, interrogate the radio and know exactly where I am at any given moment. One, four, six, point seven, nine, zero. And those are the buttons on the front of the radio. And those, the PF1 and 2 keys, by the way, have no particular uh, function when you, if you try to use them in combination with the function button, they won't do anything. If you're in memory mode and you press the function button followed by the VFO button, you will write the contents of that memory into the VFO. This can be extremely useful if you're setting up another memory. If you're in VFO mode, and you press the function button, followed by a memory, you will write the contents of the VFO into that memory. This has always been a problem for us of not knowing which memory we had selected in this process. But in this radio, if you press the function button, function. and then you start turning the tuning knob, memory in channel seven, seven. Uh, you 
are told what's the contents of the memory. Now, if that memory has something in it, that's all it says, memory in channel 77. But let's go to one that doesn't, that is blank. Memory in channel 99 blank. So once you've come to a blank memory channel, then you know you can just press the memory control and not overwrite anything that you had in memory before. Of course, all of this is much easier to control with the software that you can download from the Kenwood website. And the software is quite accessible with JAWS anyway, and I assume that it probably would be with window eyes. It's a little bit different than your standard Windows interface, but everything does talk, and you'll be able to figure it out if you just play around with it a little bit. So those are the uh, controls on the front of the radio. On the left side of the radio, about, um, oh, I'd say two inches from the front edge, and at the bottom, uh, near the bottom of the radio, there is a little inset into which you can plug the RJ45, which is the microphone plug. On the right side of the radio, about an inch back from the front and about midway between the bottom and the top of the radio, there is a little lever that sticks out. And if you pull it forward, you can detach the front panel from the radio. You probably won't need to do this, but that's what it's there for. Looking at the back of the radio, keeping the radio in the same orientation, on the right-hand side we have the PL2, the SO239 for the antenna. Then we have a heatsink with a little screen in it, kind of a very coarse, whole, round, screened area, which is where the fan is. Then we have the power cables coming out of the uh, near the top of the radio. And they are just two solid wires, or two fairly thick wires, that have fuses partway down them and eventually terminate in bare leads. If you have to, you can determine which wire is ground by taking an ohmmeter and touching, the, touching one side of it to a wire and the other side to part of the case. It's usually a good idea. What I did was to clip it to the ground portion of the PL of the SO239. And when I got a zero reading, I knew that I was looking at the ground wire. Uh, the plus wire gave me a higher reading. So I was able to determine which wire was, in fact, the uh, the ground. To the left of the heat sink, at the bottom of the radio, there are two eighth-inch mini plugs, and those are where you plug your speakers in. If you're operating the radio in mode 1, which is the default mode as it comes out of the box, the left-hand jack, which is closest to the edge of the radio, keeping the same orientation that we've been using, is the one that controls the speaker out of which you hear the voice when you select the A channel. And the right jack is the one that selects the speaker for the B channel. You can reverse that, and I believe if you if you pull, if you're only using one speaker and you connect it to the left jack, you will then hear both transceivers out of that speaker. Above the two speaker plugs are two DIN plugs. The one closest to the left edge of the radio is the one that you want to use if you're going to program the radio through a computer. And the other one, I believe, is for 
inputting data into the radio if you had it connected to a TNC that's the one you would use and that's all of the controls on the radio the only other thing I want to do is I want to talk about the menus a little bit because uh, this is an important feature of this radio as with most new radios there are a lot of menus and uh, although this radio is very good about speaking things uh, you really do need to have a menu list now the way you get into a menu is to press the function key function. and then press the tuning knob menu five one four and we happen to be at menu five fourteen if I want to select that menu to work on it or change it, I press the tuning knob again. C O. And now I'm getting the value of that menu. C O is what it says. This menu controls the way the radio scans, and the way I've got it set up right now is it's scanning so that when it detects a carrier, it stops, and when the carrier disappears, it continues scanning. F E E K. That's the seek mode, which means that it scans, and when it finds a carrier, it stops, and it does not continue scanning. T-O. T-O, which is for time operation, and that's the default. Again, you get the low beep that tells you that. Uh means that it finds a carrier, stays on that channel for a short time, and then moves on. I prefer carrier mode, so I can set it, T-O. Set it back there and press the tuning knob again. T-O and that stores the value in the menu. If I had selected the menu, like I did, and discovered that I didn't want to change it, press the function key, and it cancels the operation and got me out of the menu mode as well. If I'd been in menu mode, function, menu five, one, four. I hadn't selected it, but I wanted to get out of the menus, I just press function. And it remembers the menu that you're that you're last at, and it will stay there until you change it. Now, one of the most important things to have if you're going to use a radio like this is a list of the menus. And there is a list in the manual, and I'm sending a file of that extracted list uh, that can be posted up on the on the Handy Hams website. So that is a basic rundown on the controls on the radio. If you have any questions, feel free to call me. My number is 781-944-3586. Or you can email me. My email is s.dresser at verizon.net, s.dresser at verizon.net. Or if you're on the blind hams list, I frequent that list fairly often, and if you have questions, by all means, ask. This is Steve Dresser. WA1RTB, saying I hope you uh, find this useful and that it makes it easier for you to enjoy what I think is a great radio, the Kenwood TMV71A. 73 is all. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and visit www.blindhams.com.